the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Good day. Let's get to retirement sooner rather than later. I had a day off yesterday, in large part, kind of unannounced. I ate some bad Thai food. No knock against Thai. It could have been in a restaurant, I am sure. Um, but my stomach turned into like a cement mixer in the middle of the night, just churning and churning and churning. And I just couldn't get any sleep. I apologize. I try not to miss too many days. If you've noticed since the pandemic started two years ago, I've been pretty good. Uh, minus the Christmas holiday where I demand to be spending time with my family, my children. Um, I've been put in an hour. So I want to say thank you. I had a very slow day yesterday. Let's recap what happened yesterday. The NASDAQ was up 1.2%. The SP 500 up eight tenths of a percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1%. The 10 year Treasury sits at 1.96. Oh boy, playing with that 2% big round handle. Bitcoin staying above 42,000. In fact, at 44,117, Pfizer announced just crazy numbers tied towards how much money revenue is coming in from the COVID-19 vaccine and subsequent pills. It's almost like they're gonna get punished when the pandemic passes, the ep- when the pandemic turns into a epidemic, when the epidemic turns into a flu shot. Um, that's not lost on me. COVID-19 vaccine is gonna bring in $36.8 billion. Uh, best-selling pharmaceutical product in a single year ever. That's pretty interesting statement to say hey, out loud. The U.S. trade deficit rose to a record $859 billion in 2021, up 27% from the year prior. Due to a surge in imports and higher prices for those imports. This is an area where Republicans and Democrats go at it year over year. It's one of those economic data points that I don't much care about. I don't mind that we're the world's consumers. I'm good with it. I'm at peace with it. Is it fair? No, it's not fair. Is it fair that I have a better computer and a better lifestyle and a better quality of life, better access to medicines than some countries in the world? Probably not either. So I'm not all that freaked out by the trade deficit, but it does show that there was some inflation there. Um, and it does show you that we are the world's consumers and i.e. the world makes things for us to consume. And that bodes very, very well for other countries who need jobs, manufacturing jobs, to to lift their economies. Let's talk about what is out there. The tour to headlines for Peloton continue. I know you're saying that's cute. Tour to, to France, right? Tour to headlines. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all day. Peloton made some big changes. Out goes their CEO. He's stepping down to become the executive chairman, uh, John Foley. What's worthy of note here is that the board is, I'm not going to say corrupt, but they're all friends and like family members. And Peloton was set up so that a lot like Facebook, it doesn't matter. Shareholders don't really get a vote. 
It's the super votes that go to the insiders. And if there's going to be an acquisition, he has to want it or the board has to demand it from him. And when you stack the board with people that are your friends and family, it's not going to happen. It's interesting. The one company that makes a total ton of sense for who would buy a Peloton and make the most sense. The names so far have been Amazon and Nike, and both of those kind of make some sense. Amazon's got a subscription service that they're raising the price on 17% to 139. I want to say that's right. Um, for Amazon Prime. And inside that service, they have video and they have you know free music. They have free photo storage. They have free video storage. It's a pretty robust service. Um, it's got 40 plus perks that you should be using if you're not using. And if you don't know what they are, Google 40 perks for Amazon Prime. Um, many of them, you know, like overnight shipping for free. But many of them you don't know, like they can store all of your music and your videos and your pictures for free, unlimited. Peloton's co-founder is uh, where I was going at with this, and Amazon makes a lot of sense. Here's where Amazon even makes more sense. Now, Nike makes sense, sure. Um, fitness company, fitness equipment. But it's, it's, it's not as obvious as you would think. When I tell you Amazon, it's going to make you total sense. Apple makes no sense at all because Apple's never done an acquisition over $3 billion, and this would at least be an $18 billion acquisition. And they just, they don't have the history of acquiring product. They have a history of, of acquiring engineers and intellectual property. And there's certainly no reason that they couldn't put an iPad on a, a bike that they designed with Jonathan Ives, industrial designer extraordinaire who really had reshaped Apple, but has left the company to become an industrial designer company uh, exclude outside of Apple. But Amazon makes a ton of sense. Because when you're sitting in there for 50 minutes, you could watch an Amazon Prime show. When you're sitting there for 50 minutes pedaling or rowing, you can listen to music. You can read a book. You can order your groceries. You, instead of having the instructor yell at you, which you could still have, you can consume a lot of Amazon services. You can order workout clothes. You can order a sweatband. It's a captive audience that potentially is shopping. It wouldn't hurt Amazon or Apple to use a teeny tiny part of their market cap. Um, and Peloton has had a supply chain problem. Amazon and Apple do not. The power of the dog, a Western led the pack with 12 nominations yesterday for Oscars. Really a fantastic little movie. If you like original movies that don't have... Eh, They've got enough stars in it, but it's Brad Pitt free. Leonardo DiCaprio free, if that helps. I like this on occasion. Beyonce scored her first Oscar nod. Lin-Manuel Miranda could join the exclusive EGOT club. Tony. Um, Oscar. Steven Spielberg became the first filmmaker to be nominated for Best Director in six different decades. Wow. Does that make you feel old? Makes me feel really, really old. Because I've known Steven Spielberg's work all my life, it feels like, right? Apple yesterday announced Tap to Pay, trying to get your smartphones intimate and making love with each other. Tap on me, baby. Send me some money, baby. Oh, baby, baby, baby. No, it's a feature that's going to allow customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a little Valentine action coming up. 
if you want to tap your phone against my phone, you can send me a hundred dollars. This is a feature that is, it, it's, it shows you how well Apple does research and spends money on developing product. It's basically now a checkout register for small vendors. Apple's tapped pay is expected to rival the point of sale system sold by Block, formerly known as Square. I don't know what the hell is going on in Canada with protests. I've heard that they're talking about trying to bring this rolling truck blockade to the Super Bowl. And here, here's where you're going to elect me president one day. Well, I, I'd cut those trucks in half and put every one of them in jail. I know you're saying that's he's tough on law and order. He's tough on law and order. It's not that easy though, right? And uh, certainly they're trying to make a point and all points should never be completely ignored. Um, you get the idea. First house that is going on sale for real is the first house that is tied towards a non-fungible token. Um, I still don't know if this is going to play out the way people want it to, as far as holding value. I'd be very cautious. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. A couple segments coming up. We're going to talk to market strategist from briefing.com. Stay tuned. We've got a good show for you. Thanks for being patient with my day off yesterday. I'm Rob Black. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. So I had 24 hours off of which I stayed in bed for about six to eight at least. Just trying to get my stomach settled. Real day. Don't know if I'm getting older if I just eat rotten chicken. Um, thanks for giving me a little bit of time off. One of the things I did was I, I did a lot of work for my bed, literally. And um, I don't know why I did this, but I was looking at my podcast and I was looking at all the reviews that people have put on it over the years. <clears throat> um, and I like the one-star reviews much more than I like the five-star reviews. But let's just say um, I really appreciate everyone out there who has interacted with the show over the last 20 years. And we've been on Apple iTunes for over 15 years as a podcast. That's pretty darn cool. And thanks for all the support. Um, I don't know what kind of day I had yesterday, but the first message I saw on my computer this morning at five o'clock was, you're not alone. Help is available. If you're experiencing difficult thoughts, call 800-273. A suicide hotline. I, you know, like Facebook knows what you're doing. Does my computer know something that I don't know about myself? Um, I was just looking for the lyrics for You're the Best from Karate Kid, the Joe Esposito song, because the Olympics are on and I tried to get into the Olympics and I just can't do it. And I think it's, it's either my age, maybe it's COVID, maybe it's the games are half the world away. Could be that China is the most unscenic place on the planet to hold a winter games. Whereas in there in Calgary or Tahoe, it's da, 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 and it's majestic and it's boom, 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 boom. And it's just, it looks like it's a concrete village. It's awful. So NBC's on track for the lowest rated winter games in history. Talking about being number one at being last, this is not good. Peacock averaged 12.8 million viewers the other night, down from 27.8 million four years ago. Less than half. That's pretty bad. And it makes you wonder, uh, makes you wonder the, the future. And I don't know if it's that 
Um, Putin's got the whole Russia thing going on with Ukraine. I don't know if it's World Cup soccer is more popular because we see the teams go through qualifying through the whole you know two year build up, but there's just no build up, and there feels like there's no payoff for these Winter Games. The best part of the Winter Games, in my opinion, is pretty interesting. It's Leslie Jones. She is the, am I allowed to say black comedian? She's a black comedian from Saturday Night Live who was hired after a lot of people noticed there was no black people on Saturday Night Live or that there was no black women on Saturday Night Live and that they had to get a black man to put a wig on to play a black woman. And they're like, oh, we should hire a woman. So she came in and her career took off and she tweets from the, about the Olympics and they are fantastic. Well worth the free cost of admission to Twitter. Um, but she has actually said NBC's pressuring her not to do it, to give up the colorful commentary. I want her to go to the Olympics and I would watch that. That's my twist. I'm, I, Mike Trico, sorry. Um, I guess I'm so careful right now. I'm trying to think of how you, I, Leslie Jones, big woman, strong woman, tall woman, person of color. Not someone you typically see in ice dancing. I would love to see her doing color commentary on the Olympics. Uh, Tara Lipinski, who weighs maybe 75 pounds. Uh-uh. I could use a comedian versus saying she's, she just killed it. She killed it. Um, anyway, that's what's wrong with the Olympics. I don't know. Do you have a take on this? Ford is kicking off 2022 with its highest EV sales numbers. Ford has transformed from a latecomer to the EV space to a leader, seizing the number two spot in EVs behind Tesla. That's worthy of note. I'm just saying, file that in the back of your head. Because we weren't saying that a year ago. Elsewhere, crypto donations to groups back in Ukraine are soaring as the threat of war in Russia looms. Um, I think that's fantastic. I, I, If you're trying to get crypto to be installed and like, uh, accepted let's take away from the stories of drug laundering money and let's let's say hey we can back up an army whoa right i was at charitable angles i don't know if backing an army is a charitable angle bank of america is predicting a stunning 11 rate hikes this year and next but the firm said that stocks will weather them just fine what historically that is not the norm mr bank of america if we get 11 rate hikes Let's just put it this way. I don't think the stock market's going to look like it looked in the last three years. I'm not saying it's going to be lower, but it's going to be a lot more volatile. Alphabet's 24-1 stock could probably get a couple other companies off their tukishes to do another stock split, including Apple, potentially. Uh, definitively, Tesla. Um, and any company that has had this idea of, I don't need to split my stock, but when Alphabet did that, and again, for the record, there's no difference when a company splits their stock. If they had a million shares before and they do a two for one, they have 2 million shares. If the million shares were valued at 100 and now they're valued at 50, the company's worth the same exact valuation after the split as was before the split. There's just a lower cost tied towards it with more shares available. Wells Fargo said it's not too late to invest in crypto. Adoption could now only be nearing a hyperinflection point. I don't really have a lot of good opinions on this. And this is where just reading some of the feedback on my podcast, um, every now and then people would take a knock when I got something wrong. And I was like, I wanted to talk to the feedback and go, but, 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 but 
I got it right over time, but in the short term that you looked at this, because the reviews go back 20 years. Um, when you go back and look at it, 15 plus years, you're like, yeah, yeah, but that actually turned out pretty well. <laughs> you know, it's like I recommended Apple at $6 a share in the 1990s. Um, and at one point in time, it, it, they're filing, they're 30 days away from filing for bankruptcy. People were making fun of me. I was like, but, 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 but. And it doesn't always work like that. My goal is I, I'm not a 1,000 hitter. I'm not going to hit, you know, I'm going to miss some. Please consult a broker advisor before taking any action on any stocks. Um, sports gambling is something that I see picking up in the United States, but you know what? It's not ready for prime time yet. It's getting there, but they're spending so much time advertising that it looks like, wow, they're losing a lot of money. And the market is, if you're losing money, you get shot. We'll ask questions later if we should buy you at a lower valuation. With higher interest rates, if you're losing money, you get shot. So do I still think sports betting and names along that industry, like DraftKings, will do well? I do. I don't own any yet. I'm still waiting for that buying moment. Wait till you see the white in their eyes. The 2022 Super Bowl between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams is projected to hit a record audience and betting on the game could surpass $7 billion. So Olympics, we're not watching. Super Bowl, we're going to watch in record numbers. In theory, if that's true, good for the NFL. Because um, a lot of people were predicting it to be left for dead just a few years ago due to Mr. Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. And now they're hitting record numbers in advertising. I don't know. Sometimes you can be wrong. Sometimes you can be right, wrong, and then right. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. Markets are doing well today. While the inflation numbers are disturbing, whether they be restaurants like Chipotle or automobile companies and cost of product are skyrocketing. You're seeing banks sometimes predict three to seven interest rate hikes and the markets are doing okay. They're hanging in there with a lot more volatility and a trend of the downside this year. Let's talk about this and much, much more with Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you today? Hi, Rob. I'm doing okay. Thanks. Good to be back with you. Are you one of the many millions of people buying a new TV so that you can watch the Super Bowl this weekend? No, I think we're we're all good there, so I don't have to worry about. Uh, well, I don't. Has there ever been inflation with TV sets? I don't know. <laughs> it seems like it's just been one. Uh, been all about deflation in the consumer electronics space, but um, but no, fortunately, we're all we're all good. It's an interesting point that you make. But technology is smaller, cheaper, faster every year. Screen size is inflating, but the cost per inch on that screen is going down. And yet healthcare cost and automobile cost, rent cost, uh, used car costs have been inflating last uh, year or so. Um, when you see some of the predictions to fight inflation, a hawkish Fed, um, I saw Bank of America predicted up to 11 rate hikes in the next two years. 
uh, does that get you, uh, like, I guess going back to your keyboard, scratching your head, like, I wonder if they're right. Uh, does it get you thinking or do you just take it as it comes? Do you have your own internal pro- uh, projections that you're going with? Do you use the outliers like 11 rate hikes? Uh, what do you see in there? Yeah, well, well, I mean, it certainly gets you thinking. Um, and uh, you have to think because the Fed's basically at zero right now, right? They haven't even started and they're still buying treasuries. Uh, and, uh, um, and so it does create this worry that, um, they are behind the curve, so to speak, in, in getting inflation, uh, under control. Uh, and you're hearing a lot of companies in this fourth quarter earnings reporting period call attention to higher costs, but also to an expectation that those supply chain pressures they're feeling, uh, are, aren't going to dissipate, uh, right away. Um, there's, you know, some hope, obviously, that you see things uh, uh, get mitigated in the second half of the year, um, uh, primarily because you have better, uh, more attractive, I guess, base comparison. So, in other words, the uh, the rate of change won't be as great anymore. So, it might appear as if inflation isn't as 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 alarming in terms of the pace of inflation of, of what we've seen here recently. And uh, you're even hearing a little bit of chatter uh, about that ahead of tomorrow's Consumer Price Index report, uh, which is still likely to show another print for total CPI uh, north of 7% um, in January, core CPI probably pushing closer to 6%. Um, you know, those are very elevated inflation readings. Um, and the Fed needs to, uh, you know, has some work to do in our estimation. I, d- I can't, I don't really know how many rate hikes. I think it's reasonable to assume that, you you know, you get at least at least four. Um, but uh, the Fed is telling you that it's going to be basically data dependent here and it will react accordingly. So, um, you know, and then, of course, you also have the, that other elephant in the room, which is the the level of our debt and, you know, what this country can really, uh, you know, how high can interest rates really go <laughs> or before, you know, that becomes a really uh, a taxing repayment burden. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot to think about here. But and first and foremost, the Fed needs to get going here. Um, and I think that that's the universal message coming out of not only the earnings reporting period where they're talking about higher wage costs as well, but uh, but it's plainly evident in the inflation data we've seen um, for many months now. It's an interesting year because we start out with at least 10 things that could go wrong or 10 things that are negative or uh, a headwind for the stock market. Some of them like oil prices. I see in your page one column hooked on a better feeling. It's more than a feeling. Oil prices are fading from a seven-year high, but if Putin invades Ukraine, I'm seeing most analysts say $120 in the oil overnight. But that's an if, and ifs and buts were candy and nuts. Oh, what a party we'd have. Also in your list, you're talking about hopes that we're near peak inflation. We've started to see used car prices come down. We're seeing that the Fed probably could be dynamic in 2022. They don't have to be 11 hikes. Maybe they can do four, like you said, and then maybe take a year off. Like We're factoring in some of the possibilities with some of the negative possibilities. It's a lot going on this year, wouldn't you say? There is. Um, and, you know, the, the inflation story is going to be central to what happens this year because it's, you know, it's, it's going to, to drive, you know, the interest rate dynamics and those, you know, how interest rates move will have a pronounced impact on how the stock market moves 
you know, one of the things that, you know, I look at in terms of, you know, the, the CPI report we'll get tomorrow, and, and, and you mentioned it briefly, how there's some talk that maybe these car prices are going to be down. Um, I think, you know, the mentality from, you know, as I see it, is like, okay, yeah, great, right? But people don't go out and buy a used car every day or every week, you know. You go out right. and you buy gas every week. You buy food every week. Uh, you pay your rent every month. Um, you know, healthcare costs are pretty pretty steady for a lot of people as well. Um, you know, those are the, you know, other components of where, yes, the headline itself might make the market feel better, uh, but the inflation picture in its true sense still won't make a lot of consumers feel better. And uh, and that's going to be a uh, probably one of those other kind of like cross currents that's working its way through 2022, which is why this, you know, the market itself might, you know, kind of, continue this sort of, uh, you know, seesaw action that we've been seeing without really kind of, you know, getting anywhere too far. Uh, you just get a lot of volatility and chop as, as the market works its way through these various cross currents. We're still in earnings season and your page one at briefing.com reflects a little bit of that and talking about Chipotle Mexican Grill, reassuring guidance. Um, now that we're almost done with earnings season, how do you feel about it, how it did, how we reacted, and maybe how they're setting up the rest of the year? Um, like CVS Health is lifting their guidance, according to your page one column. Um, a lot going on in earnings in the past, present, and the future. Yeah. Um, well, actually, CVS Health, they, I, I think I pointed out they lowered their, their fiscal 22 cash flow from operations guidance. They actually did they did beat on this earnings report, but I think the reduction in the cash flow from operations guidance is sort of one of those uh, those headlines that has caused the stock to pull back here this morning. But thank you. But to your question, I mean, the, the earnings season in general has gone like a lot of other earnings seasons have gone in the sense that it's better than expected. Right. I right. mean, coming into the reporting period, you know, uh, earnings growth was expected to be up about 21 percent. Uh, we're now up 29 percent. And uh, and so that's that's a good thing. And obviously, you know, when you get a big beat from someone like an Amazon, um, you know, an alphabet, right, that has a disproportionate impact, you know, in, in, in that uh, skewing that um, increased growth number. But nonetheless, uh, in aggregate, things have been better than expected in terms of the fourth quarter reporting period, though. I think that uh, the, the Q1 guidance has been more measured uh, than uh you know, than a lot of people expected. The uh, Q1 blended EPS growth estimate, um, you know, according to FAFSA right now, is down to, uh, I believe, 5.6%. Uh, it was uh, just north of 6% coming into the start of the fourth quarter reporting period. So you can kind of get a sense there that of the uh, the margin pressures that are starting to be discussed and uh, the, maybe even the lack of visibility in terms of when you're going to see some improvement on that supply chain front. So this uh, earnings growth momentum is clearly set to slow uh, in 2022 uh, because you're coming off of again some some you know more challenging comparisons now, uh, and companies are also hitting headlong into running headlong into higher costs for labor and freight, um, you know things of that nature. Um, so you are going to see a slower rate of earnings growth, and that's one of the factors that should kind of keep the stock market itself uh, moving in a more measured way. And perhaps, uh, you know, what we saw last year and why the overall gains this year, if we ultimately achieve, you know, a positive return, should be more modest in nature because uh, you're seeing 
not only the moderation in earnings growth, you're obviously going to see a, a massive moderation in terms of the fiscal uh, impulse, uh, and um, and you're also going to see the, the tightening efforts on the part of not only the Federal Reserve, but other central banks around the world. What else are you working on that you want to show us before you depart? We've got about two minutes or less left in the segment. Uh, I think, you know, a uh, couple ideas uh, turning things over is just, you know, perhaps it's just a general uh, insight piece on the use of contrarian indicators uh, for more kind of a short-term timing indicator for the market. You know, we've seen stocks bounce really nicely here since the, the late January lows, and that has coincided with a lot of extreme negative positioning in terms of put-to-call ratios and uh, and investor sentiment readings themselves and, and how that can kind of be used as a little bit of a, a timing gauge, if you will, if, if looking for some short-term uh, movement. Uh, that's one idea. Another one is considering, though, is um, is what we might have to get through right now is that you're seeing uh, average hourly earnings pick up nicely, but of course, real average hourly earnings are still negative. And so, if you can get that moderation in inflation pressures that the Fed is hoping for, and a lot of people are hoping for, uh, you could potentially see a nice consumer spending uh, kick uh, in 2023, or definitely toward the latter end of this year, if we get that moderation as real earnings then turn positive, giving the consumer more purchasing power. Thank you so much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. I start my day each and every day with this page one, and I end my week, oddly enough, with his big picture column. Um, good, solid stuff, good reviews and insights to the markets. Briefing.com is a reliable source of international and domestic information on things that you care about, like the economy, the stock market, businesses, um, presidential angles, and how they affect the economy, and much, much more. I've been using briefing basically every day that I've been on the radio show. That's how much I value the content. You can find them at briefing.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, The Rob Black Show. I'm putting an effort into making the content in the podcast a little tighter this year. Fingers crossed I'll be able to pull it off. Earnings on deck for Walt Disney, CVS Healthcare, and Fox Corporation, all reporting today. Um, Didn't have a lot of time to go into Facebook and Meta. Um, It seems like the thesis now is all chips are in on the metaverse for Meta, Mark Zuckerberg's company, and that TikTok... And other factors are contributing to the decline in interest in the advertisements that we see on Facebook, Instagram. Um, Maybe it's Apple upping the privacy game of not sharing information with Facebook about what the app users are sharing on other sites they're visiting. I'm not 100% sure on this. Like I said, I'm building a thesis on it, but it looks like it's all chips in on the metaverse, which... You're going to lose billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. Ultimately, Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse to me feels like it's going to be a business application. Uh, When you hang out with someone for over 10, 15 minutes in the metaverse, it becomes very, there's a big plastic thing on my head. And yeah, it's better than a 2D static Zoom call. But a 2D static Zoom call, you can drink coffee and not wear, well, I guess you can not wear pants in the metaverse as well. Um, but you don't get the gestures. But I don't know if I want another hardware set up in my my office. 
I'm not there. So it's still a little bit something to figure out. Um, I'm not saying that meta is 100% all going to be about the metaverse and or not, but they're spending a lot of money. Um, Bank of America is coming out with a lot of research right now, and I want to share some of it with you. They talked about the 10 themes that we're seeing this year. The Fed is tightening profit keeps. Profit risk keeps global markets in risk-off mode. I get that. This is a good year to have a little bit of defensive in your portfolio. Um, underweight cyclical. And look for companies that benefit from easy financial conditions. Overweight healthcare because we need it in good times, bad times. And after two years of being afraid of hospitals due to COVID, as the mass mandates start to wane a bit, we probably will be going back and getting our augmented surgeries and our colonoscopies. A fellow broadcaster that I worked with 20 years ago, um, young woman, younger than me, just took leave for colon cancer. And I was like, whoa. Uh, I wonder if that was a situation where she didn't get her prostate exam or colon exam, excuse me. In the last couple of years, prostate would be incorrect. <laughs> Just so you're throwing that down. But when you see a peer your own age, like, okay, okay. She's actually younger than me. Inflation remains well above the trend. That's a big theme for 2022. I'm going over the top 10 themes of Bank of America, what they see as trends for the year. A weaker dollar could support crude at near triple digits. Crude is a story. A lot of people see first half of the year, oil going from $90 a barrel to $120 a barrel, back to $80 a barrel in the second half of the year. Business CapEx cycle. Um, In the last two years, we've spent a lot of money getting a microphone for the home, lights for the home, um, soundproofing for the home, things to make our home office a little bit more, uh, less harsh of an environment to communicate on Zoom. Now we're going to be going back to work and we're going to be spending things on, you know, facial creams and things to make us look better at work, like pants. Uh, That's the expectation, at least at this point in time. COVID, I am looking at you. Low income consumer slowdown in the U.S. and elsewhere. Um, That's a big theme for the year, according to Bank of America. Lower income consumers are negatively impacted by higher prices. Rich people are rich, and they'll spend money in good economies and bad economies. So a company like a Louis Vuitton Moe Hennessy will do well. Whereas if you're in the fifty to $60,000 a year income bracket, like the average American, you're probably going, I need to make my dollar go a little further. And hello, dollar stores. And maybe goodbye, Louis Vuitton Moe Hennessy, but the rich people are going to cover that for us. This is a theme that I have not heard brought up yet out loud. U.S. exceptionalism. The U.S. will grow faster relative to trend than the rest of the world due to more stimulus, more inflation, and more infrastructure spend. Okay. Chemical companies are in a better competitive position. Names like Caterpillar, John Deere should do well with infrastructure spending. I own shares of Caterpillar. Number six on the top 10 trends for Bank of America, as David Letterman would say, number six, China slowdown and policy choices 
are boosting Asia ex China as China re- re- growth remains sluggish. Some multinationals expect to slow down and foreign investors are turning to other areas of Asia outside of China. So there's something, and gosh, times have changed so much. The Matthews funds are good family funds as far as performance go. I find them a little bit too expensive to want to own them personally, but I like studying them. Um, There's something called Tiger minus China, um, Asia minus China. And that may be an interesting way for you to start positioning. I don't know. I think that's starting to get pretty complicated for an average investor to pull off. Value equities versus growth equities is theme number eight for Bank of America for 2022. Do you own any value? Do you own any income? I just talked about a value and income play Caterpillar. It's got a little bit of a premium valuation, but historically it's been a value and income play. Greater attention on climate change. That's a big story for 2022. You believe in ESG funds? $1 out of every $3 of global equity funds went into ESG funds in 2021. A lot of money chasing it. And more and more, the last trend of the year, digital asset adoption. Blockchain technology and blockchain-enabled applications will see growth on exponential levels, more so than GDP growth in the U.S. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. I work with EP Wealth. Find me there as well. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.